This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Alright, what up, High Fivers? It's your boys. Uh, it's High Five Tom, and I've got my good friend here, uh, Mr. Slapnuts, over there in the New Hampshire. Uh, Mr. Slapnuts, how are you this evening? Uh, you know, it's all about my nuts, Tom, so... Well, other than that, um, you did have a big fancy luncheon on Tuesday also. Um, I did. I, I, I had a little that. luncheon with uh, my store manager and all the other store managers and their, their stars of the year. It was a good meal. It was a, it was a nice little lunch. I was way overdressed. But I, you know, I, was, I was afraid of being the worst dressed person in the room. I mean, there's people there that were just wearing their, like, the clothes they wear to work. So I'm like, oh, I guess I could have left the tie in the car. Yeah. You know I me, mean? I probably would have showed up with fucking sandals and fucking shorts anyway. So. What did he do? I think I can wear short. I think I can wear shorts at work. But it feels weird to wear shorts. In that environment, like in that specific environment. Okay. I used to wear when I worked it on the vine. I wore shorts all the time. Yeah, but you don't have a lot of stuff splashing down like on your legs or anything, right? No, no. I mean, now there's, I mean, there's. Like hot stuff. Yeah, so not right, not right now. I'm not calling around too much. Yeah, you know, we got like the oil and all that, all that kind of stuff. But the lunch was good. And I finally got my car inspected today. It passed. So now I'm good for another nine months till I have to get it inspected again. Wait, do you have to get inspected every nine months, or just does it do? It's been so long. Your birth month. What's that? Because for me, it has to be in October. Okay. You guys have to get inspected every year? Yeah, you get car inspection every year. You got to wear a helmet or wear they, a They don't do that in Wisconsin? They, they don't do that in Wisconsin? No, it's every... Yeah, Vermont, New Hampshire... Pretty sure Maine too. It's all 
be inspected every year, Tom. That's a good question. Now I'm wondering. Tom's just rolling around, not getting the car inspected, just driving around. Well, because yeah, on Subi, we just had a we had it registered in Idaho till about a year ago. Yeah, because obviously we didn't need any emissions, in, you know, in Idaho, especially where we're you know, with registered. And we just got the play. I mean, we just got so yeah, we registered the car. I think November 22, and then, yeah, blew up and pissed. I'm pretty sure it's only over two. Boy, imagine that DMV website's not very fucking. Site probably hasn't been updated since the nineties. Yeah, since yeah, I'll go our first event. If it's anything, if it's anything like all the the sites for stuff over here, Easy Pass website things barely running at. Hmm. Things Windows ninety seven. Wow, Wyoming's got the highest emissions in the country. That surprises me. Or Texas overall. That's per capita. Yeah, okay, so it's in Wisconsin it's every other year. Nice. So, there you go. Yeah, but that's just the county area. Uh, that's just Milwaukee County and the surrounding areas, so. You know, and our car. I'm so out of it, I forgot we were. I, I'm so out of it, I forgot we were recording, and then it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> See, up in the upper, upper left hand corner where it says it's recording, Will. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's been a good week, yeah, on our end. Uh Faith and I had uh well originally Faith had to work on Saturday show so we wouldn't be able to go. Um but then she called me as I was leaving, but uh we drove all the way up to Pembine, Wisconsin for uh We Love Wrestling Volume Two. Uh we got up there and uh we were gonna watch we were gonna participate in a seminar with one of the wrestlers, but said wrestler was stuck in O'Hare. So then we had to drive 100 miles down to pick up said, or actually drop Tommy off to go to the airport and then pick said wrestlers up. So all the way up in uh, northern Wisconsin, which is probably pretty similar to northern Maine. It was pretty much the middle of fucking nowhere, but it's been a great time, though. Look at, look at you running out and getting the talent. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and we, I mean, we took uh, former guest of the show, um, actually former guest of this show. Uh, Mr. Zach Hendricks with us, so that was fun. Which harmed Team EC, EC, or ICW. 
and then his cousin-in-law Bobby. And uh, Bobby just hates seatbelts so much, but our car is so new, obviously it dings whenever someone's got on. So he just like put the put the seatbelt in behind him because he didn't want to wear it. So that was pretty funny. Tastes like wow, Bobby really didn't want to wear a seatbelt. He just clipped it in. And I was like, huh. I'm glad we didn't get into an accident. Well, yeah, pretty good time. Got this new team at CMD. They're out of uh, out of uh, the New, new Jersey area, so it's cool to check out the Shining Wizard. So, so yeah, that's right. Shill, 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 shill. Hey, you know, I mean, they 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 take good care of us, so um, and we're about to shit on them here. Well, not they, they, they keep the lights on. Yeah, they they do help keep the lights on, so. We are uh, we have to pick on our uh, our pod father here, Tony, a little bit. So, you know, as I just gave away one of our questions of dishonor, but yeah, you get a hundred twenty four dollar tab at the comic book store, though, huh? I did. I went last last week before the inclement weather, and that that was a rounded down number. So I basically left with um, a book for free. Oh wow! With with how much they rounded down. So really, yeah, because it was going to be it was initially one hundred twenty four and change, and they rounded me down to one hundred twenty. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that what kind of math something? Okay? That like white math. Where you like, let me read it. And... Or girls justify. Girl math is like, I'm gonna buy this shirt and I'm gonna wear it seventy times, and therefore it's free. Oh, that's probably personal to that. So, like with your with your comic book shop, is it like one of those all-purpose ones where they set up games and they have gaming going on there and stuff too? Or yeah, most of them do. It's pretty big cap. They, what's that? It's always pretty big square footage wise. They have like a separate room area. Like okay. their their retail space isn't huge. And they've got like the the back. They have like the other half of the space is just like a back room where they can have. They have like. D and D night for like local kids that want to learn and like get into how to play, and they do like the Yu Gi Oh tournaments, the Magic tournaments. So the kids are staying still playing Magic, huh? Yeah, despite uh, Wizards of the Coast trying to sink their own ship, yeah, plenty of people still play Magic. <laughs> That's good. So yeah, there was a there's a shop in uh, West Bend, which is uh, half an hour north of us, and it's a it's a huge fucking retail spot. So. Like, they have huge fucking tables for people to play. So, hopefully, and of course, you know, they open, you know, uh, January 2020. So, but they were still up there two years ago and I was up there. So, hopefully, you know, they're succeeding. But yeah, my shop's actually pretty small. I mean, they've got a little couch set up and they've got a couple guys that go in there pretty regularly and kind of, you know, do their thing and whatnot. So, um, they've got a back room. So, I don't know if that's like storage for or if it's an actual, I'll have to ask. I don't know if it's public or not. I'll have to check that out sometime. So, but yeah, he's got a shit ton of stuff in that little spot, though. 
He doesn't have a rare Spider-Man in the next door, but their sister's store down south of so. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You found a comic book shop that's six blocks from my house, so. It's funny how I saw it on the news. Yeah. It was big news, so. And I'm glad that you read all your, your Milwaukee inspired characters in my voice. But I'm flattered to hear that, so. Yeah, one of my I'd say one of my two favorite series that I mean, not counting the obvious ones, because obviously a lot of people are talking about like how great Tom King's Wonder Woman was, which is like, well, yeah, it's Tom King writing Wonder Woman. It's going to be a home run. Like, there's a lot of books that came out that were really good, but a lot of them were like, obviously, like nobody thought Daniel Warren Johnson writing Transformers was going to suck. Like, that's if anything, that's the thing that people have been like, well, you know what we really need. Because this guy draws Optimus Prime all the time. Hmm. All the time. It's like he's going to get his own Transformers book. So when the initially it was announced that Transformers and Jack Johnson was kind of like up for grabs, it's like, man, do we get a Daniel Warren Johnson period? We're like, don't say it. Because if we, we will it and we try to will into it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But it happened. But. I'd say Knights from Image Comics was one of my favorites, and then Local Man was another one that came out earlier in the year that did the really cool thing where there's it's like two comics in one. So you start at the front, and you read through, and it's like the modern day stuff. And then you, you have to flip the book upside down, and you read it from the other side. And it's like a, like the '90s style image comics, like your Wildcats or whatever. Like it's in like that '90s, like X Men, whatever have you, like art style. And they use it to fill in, like the gaps, like the the, the backstory of like stuff they're talking about, like in the modern like setting. Yeah. But what they did with it at the end of the eighth issue that just came out was really cool. Nice. So I would I would recommend folks check it out. That's got a trade paperback out now. It's got the first six and there's a second one coming out in a couple months. It's going to have issues. No, the first one's going to have one through five. I think the second one's got six through nine plus Local Man Gold, which is like a one-shot annual thing they put out. Hmm. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I gotta start saving saving my ducats here. I think I'm gonna be one of those. What do they call, like, the where they pull the thing every month? It's a... You got your pull box where they... they yeah. Where you can be like me and have a a stat come in in one week where the owner of the store says, Hey, are you okay? That was really sweet though. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, he I mean, that was, I mean, there was a lot. And like, I went through, cause there was like, I read, um, Benjamin Percy, who has written some stuff that I like did a run for, I don't remember who the, the actual publisher is it. Um, uh, but it was predator versus Wolverine. I'm pretty sure it's done. That was just four issues, but like 
in that picture I sent you, the, there was like five copies of Predator versus Wolverine because it was all the different covers. So like I had the pick of which cover I wanted. So I mean that you go through stuff like that and you start kind of cutting out chunks of the stacks and stuff that I, I've already picked up before. Stuff that's like like there was a copy of Knights Number Four. And a copy of Knights Number One. It's like, well, I'm up to four, so I don't need Knights Number One. Mm-hmm. I already had Knights. You guys already gave me Knights Number One four months ago. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to reach out to my uh, my coworker Doug at the Brewers that does all the comic books. They front me, but uh, yeah, I just want to get him on. Let you guys kind of do your thing. So. Kind of do an interview. There's a, lot, there's a there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's yeah. kind of like music. It's impossible to keep up. Like there's no way you're ever gonna have time to read everything. No. I mean, as it is, I started reading. I got this from Walmart, and I ordered volume two online today. But this series called Berserk. Um. So this has four of like the normal size volumes in it. There's 13 of these deluxe hardcovers. Wait, in the, the ones or are they only printed 13 of them? No, there's like 13 volumes this size. Okay, I was gonna say you've got one of 13. I was like, uh... like this is. I'm not doing good at moving with the camera. Like this is a, that's a big fucking a book. good size book. In the end of the series, so it's done because the creator died, but the story wasn't done. So like his best friend basically finished off the story the way he knew that, like what the planned ending was. Yeah. But there's, again, that's, you know, it's another thing. This isn't new. I mean, it wrapped up in 2021 when the guy passed away. I mean, 13, like, I've, I read this in probably a little over an hour because there's a lot of, like, big splash pages and there's not a lot of dialogue. So you can kind of just, it's, you can just kind of read right through all the fight scenes and whatnot. But still, I mean, that's a lot of paper to read. Yeah, that's a big fucking. That's a big fucking volume. And there's always there's always new stuff. And there's like you know there's constantly new stuff coming out where it's like that sounds cool. There's a Zorro book that just came out and it's like you know I've never I don't think about Zorro at all but you know that now that I know there's a Zorro book out, I I'm you know, I kind of want to read that now. Yeah. On top of just all the other, like I'll say. My other big one that if people haven't checked that I'm loving is it's called Wesley Dodd's Sandman. Which gets tricky because it's being put out by DC, but so is the Sandman. Like the Neil Gaiman Sandman is also being put out by DC. So if you search it, you have to look for Wesley Dodd's Sandman. That's more of like a noir style vigilante thing where like he wears a gas mask and stuff like that. And there's there's the fourth issue is coming out, and that's been a lot of fun to read. But DC puts out all their normal stuff, and they're like, we're going to do like 
these three golden age superhero comics. We're going to do a Green Lantern, a Flash, and this Wesley Dodd Sandman. And they're all really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh... like anything. Like the, 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 the caliber of talent out there. And some people put out just so many titles at once. Like I mentioned Tom King earlier. I mean, he's got like four or five easy, maybe more than that series that are all coming out concurrently for different publishers. Like, and it's all good. <laughs> That's awesome. Hmm. Read something. Go to a library and get a book. I did that this week, too. I returned my overdue library materials. Good job. Yay! Money for the library! Yeah, we, we like overdue books because we like giving the library money, but like half time, we're like, oh, I don't worry about the fine. I'm like, no, I'm trying to give you money. I'll give you more. I mean, you can double it. I don't care. I feel like you, you could probably just make a donation. Yeah, if we do that. I mean, I always go in there. Um, I don't go to our library as much as we used to. I don't know. Well, that's because I've been so wrapped up, but yeah, I always try to buy a couple. I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but what we do is we just buy books to the libraries to give the library money, and then we pass them out in the little libraries in the neighborhood. Right now, we've got probably, what, 15 books in our car waiting to pass throughout the throughout the neighborhood because our our local books, there's a couple right here on our block that we like to support. I've been full, so. I don't mind paying a fine. If, if people have never gone to one, if their local library does like a book sale, you can get a lot of stuff. And they usually just say buy the bags worth. So if you bring a big reusable tote, that's a bag. Yeah. Yeah, ours does one semi-annually. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Let's, yeah, I mean, Friday, Saturday, it's full quotes for regular price. And then they just want to get rid of stuff come Sunday. So like, yeah, bring in a paper bag for like a dollar. Um, last time yeah, I picked up this book, Killing Pablo. It's about the the killing of Pablo Escobar. I've been looking for that book for a while. Um, where's my Taco Tuesday though? Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, my uh, two my two. Well, it's about to get a shit ton bigger, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty explore right now. In my two read list, so. But I'm halfway done through the the end of the dark the last dark tower series book. Will the series proper is four thousand pages, but I'll have to check how many pages all the books are read before it. Because there's like six ancillary books that you should really read beforehand, and I read those too because I'm a fucking dork. Yeah, a little under page, a little under two and a half years. Yeah, because the standalone is eleven thousand pages. And fly fire. I read that book in like two and a half, three weeks. Coke's a hell of a drug, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell is a hell of a drug. So um a lot of reading going on here, Will, but um rumor has it we have a couple of spectacular questions of dishonor from our our uh oh, that's right. this is a wrestling podcast. This is a wrestling. Well, I mean, kind of. Let me start a podcast. We'll do the fuck we want. So, I'm gonna. I'll plug. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get plugged, and I made sure to include all the information for the show. So I mentioned them last week, and I mentioned them on on there before. But uh, my friends from the internet, 
we were to do a show called None of My Friends Like Comics, uh, is going to be recorded a plug for me because they joined their Patreon. That's going to come out in their next episode. Nice. So um, they do. The idea is it's kind of funny how similar these two shows are. Hmm. Because the idea is they're supposed to bring on people who don't read comic books, but all their guests they bring on usually are comic book fans already. And they ask them, oh, if you if you read this, would you pull it or would you drop it? So I'm like, you know, it's funny. Like, oh, what's your show to him? Like, that's actually kind of similar to what you guys do. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was like, wait, so do they talk wrestling for an hour and then talk about comic books for the, the last half of the show? <laughs> no, they, they are a bit better about sticking, uh, staying on topic, but... I think you know. I I mean, we get a lot of good feedback on 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 this style. So, um, yeah. If you want to send me that link too, I'd be more happy to share it in the notes. You know, we do what Tom wants, and yeah. I derail it further. It goes both. There are no rails. It's like the Event Horizon, where we're going. We don't need rails. Never seen that movie. You've never it's seen Event Horizon? No. You should. You know what movie I have seen, Will? The Mist. I mean, you've seen a lot of movies. I have seen a lot of movies. Uh, on my list here, I think it's... I think I've watched 435 different movies since September of 2016. It's a lot of movies. Not really, if you think about it. I mean, it's... That's only 70. It's like one a week. That's For me, that's a lot. Hmm. I have well, a lot of friends that do like the. I'm a, I watch a movie every day. It's like I can't give a a movie a day. Yeah, like unless it might offense too is to working from home. So I mean, I'll throw on a movie while I'm working, you know. Um, but if it's really good, um, like the Disney Disney's The Punisher, um, goddamn that fucking series is intense. If, uh, I haven't watched it yet. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, really, really like John Bernthal. Like, I texted you and Brendan, too. Listen, you should probably watch The Wire, and then there's a show on, like, takes place, like, 10 years later. But it's all true. Called We Own the City, where, uh, yeah, John Bernthal is a Baltimore PD police officer. We'll just say that, so. But it's cool because you bring back a lot of characters from The Wire, too. As, you know, different people, so it's kind of cool to see those guys. Uh, one of the kids is from Treme. It's cool to see him as a different actor or in a different role. So, yeah, lots of good shit. So, all right, Tom, who, what uh, what what question do you want to start with? Uh, let's do Rob's first. Do we do we want to? Does does Rob run the other account too, or is that the other fella? You know, I think it's both him and Dan, but we can give Rob credit. Um. But I know most of the high. I mean, right? No, nobody signed off on it. So, <laughs> um, knowing the style of question, I'm assuming it's probably Rob, uh, future guest of this show. Um, Rob, I will reach out to you. We'll figure something out. Uh, we'll get you out for a watch along or something. But um, yeah, they uh wrapped so up. Rob from the. Oh, they wrapped up. They they, they, made wrapped, it they wrapped, well, they wrapped up season one of uh, unstacking the territory. Uh, as they go towards giant haystacks and Big Daddy's big, uh, big, uh, big Wembley event. So, 
you know, we're, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll derail this later. So Rob from his UTT Rob account asks, as the last real man, Silas Young was on episode one dot one oh six and a lot of other episodes and a lot of other episodes going forward too. His question of dishonor is how long would Silas Young survive during a zombie apocalypse? I mean, he's a real man, right? So he knows how to chop wood. He knows how to do electrical work. He's also kind of an asshole. So he might just get thrown out because people are sick of dealing with him. But he's, he's in theory going to be handy person to have around i mean you know um yeah well i don't want to make assumptions but will but have you seen zombie land i have i well, like that movie quite a bit i mean yeah that movie's fucking great um i mean tell me silas young could not have fit perfectly in that woody harold to a t you know a man's man um, a guy that likes Twinkies, you know, pretty much an asshole, you know, the, the lone wolf. And, um, you know, Woody Harrelson survived. He did survive in 2012, but that's an our movie in itself. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he clicks all the boxes. I mean, he like would will sit and cut wood, you know, he can probably trap animals with his bare hands. Um, you know, he's not going to freeze to death with that mustache. Um, yeah, you know, he he doesn't like to shake people's hands, so he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be suckered by a zombie. You know, he probably, I mean, being from Wisconsin, in rural Wisconsin, he, I can almost bet he probably knows how to shoot a gun pretty well. Um, the terrain probably would help, help you last a little longer, too. Yeah. You know, so I could see him just kind of, you know, hanging out in the woods, you know. And like I said, there are some pretty rural parts of here in Wisconsin. You know, Faith and I were just in one, you know, this past weekend. Um, we are very fortunate. We've got a lot of green spaces, so hopefully we get to see more of those. But, you know, I don't know about you, Will, but I think Silas does very, very well in apocalypse, zombie apocalypse. And in a weird way, I bet you he'd almost fucking thrive for it. Right, because in theory, he'd be he'd be by himself. He couldn't be happier. Yeah. So I mean, I could see even Silas doing some, you know, some shady shit to kind of, you know, itch it along. You know, so yeah. I mean, Silas would have been great. Uh, watching Silas Young hang out with uh, Bill Murray would have been fucking just just money. So. And we also have potentially from Rob from the Unbooking the Tankatory account with all the Tank Abbott chat from the ROH Dragon Gate show, which you can go back in the feed from Visionaries Global Media and Shining Wizards Network and tune in. I was there, despite my internet connection proving otherwise, I was in the room. Uh, the question of Tank Honor, we all know if dragons were real, Tank Abbott would have captured at least one. But what Ring of Honor 2013 star would he pay to paint the dragon's cage? 
And like, I don't know, man, Tank Abbott, I don't think he would just have one. I mean, I could see Tank Abbott kind of having his own. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he'd have caught at least one. At least one, yeah. I mean, definitely. That's I mean, even Money's saying that. And uh, real quick, I just want to say, I know there's a lot of people listening to the show uh, that do follow on Tanking the Territory on Twitter. Uh, but if you're not, make sure you stop what you're doing. Plus stop, get on the Twitter machine and make sure you're following it. Because, yeah, the tank, uh, hashtag tank facts daily are fucking money. Um, I will just say that. But what Ring of Honor superstar is going to take Tank, tank Abbott's fleet of dragons for their cages? So can you put a dragon in a cage? I mean, that's going to be a big fucking cage. But I mean, I guess you got to do something. I mean, we, I mean, we, we put a, you know, we put Elephant. sea creatures in kitty pools, basically. So I mean, that's true. I mean, I feel like if you you want the artistic flair, right? You got to get a Jimmy Jacobs, and he's small enough. Yeah, that he could probably avoid detection while it was while it was happening. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, obviously, and that's where we're we're assuming that these are like big dragons. You know, these could all just be like Mushu dragons, Mushu. like from Milan, be little like handheld size critters. Have you seen Milan? I don't think I've seen Milan. Mm. He doesn't know what you're talking about, well. Oh, well, Tom, have you seen Rain of Fire? No. That, that's another treat. So it's a post-apocalypse. But the apocalypse is they find dragons in, like, the New York City subways. And dragons take over the world, basically. Oh, really? It's got, it's got Gerard Butler's in it. Matthew McConaughey's in it. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is also in the Dark Tower movie, and that movie just sucks the dick. And not in a good way. I gotta say, it's one of those movies where it's like, I don't know who came up with this idea. I can't say it's a great movie, but I watched it a couple years ago, just on a whim because it was there. I'm like, wow. I saw this when it came out. But, uh... Did you yeah, that, so that's an interesting movie. Did you watch it? Did you watch it in the movie theater? pay-per-view nice that when, sounds when like that was the thing to do was to get the to get the movie on pay-per-view oh that actually sounds like something what's the name of it rain of fire that's obviously r-e-i-a-g-n yes well I, I watched it on prime it's probably still there you know, I bet you, like, in about five, ten years, that kind of sounds like one of those, like, cult classic kind of movies. Where, like, people didn't really appreciate it. Come out in 2002. Oh, really? If you're into this kind of stuff, it's got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. But a 92% on Just Watch. Budget of sixty million, box office of eighty-two point two. Wow! Oh, yeah, Christian Bale was in it too. Yeah, the name rings a bell. It's on Prime Video, but you got to rent it. Oh, so it's not—it's not just up for the streaming anymore. But I mean, you know, 
So your, your top build cast is Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale, and Gerard Butler. In present day London, twelve-year-old Quinn watches his mother wakes and his mother wakes an enormous fire-breathing beast from a centuries-long slumber. Twenty years later, much of the world has been scarred by the beast and its offspring. As 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 a fire chief, go figure. Quinn uh, Bale is responsible for warding off the beast and keeping community alive as they eke out a meager existence. Into the, their midst comes a hotshot American Van Zan. Matthew McConaughey says he had ways to kill the beast. Dude, totally. Silas would be fucking perfect in this movie. Matthew McConaughey has, like, he looks like Ray Rowe. Like, he's got the shaved head, and they give him, like, the long beard. He's got the southern draw because he's supposed to be from Kentucky. Yeah, that sounds... Oh, it might be on Disney Plus. There you go. If you want to kill a few brain cells watching that, you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something totally up my alley. All right now on Disney Plus, I'm watching The Punisher, which fucking dope. So, all right. So Jimmy Jacobs is an obvious answer. Um, like, do you think we're getting creative with these painting of, of the dragon gate or cages, or? Or are we just talking about, okay, it's not on Disney Plus. All right. The internet library. It just says painting the cage. Hmm. Because if we're getting all artsy with it, definitely Jimmy Jacobs. I mean, Oh, show. Um, well, once again, I know, I mean, obviously, 6,000 times he's part of our question of dishonor, but, you know, I could see Mark Briscoe having the ability to paint, you know, especially if a tank's got a shit ton of fucking, uh, um, you know, dragons, and he needs to get a lot of them done quick. Right, Mark's not going to be afraid to slap it on the nose if it gets too close, like, get out of here. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm sure he's painted a, a chicken cooper 6,000 in his day, so. He probably, you know, he's got the whitewash down. So we got Jimmy Jacobs, Mark Briscoe. And I'm going to say Matt Damon. Because I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody from George Lynch's from Dockin'. They did one of those where you know rocker things and he was painting billboards. Um, so I'm seeing Matt Taven as an old washed up rocker glam hair guy that didn't really kind of adjust his lifestyle. Um so so not his community service. Yeah. Yeah, I knew yeah, I had a friend of mine that had to come he had to paint all the, the all the, the posts at the firehouse in community service. So um yeah, so I'm gonna go Jimmy Jacobs for the artsy. And then Mark Bristol or Matt Taven, just for guys that can, you know, do some painting. So. Yeah, small little dragons like the, this Mushu character person, you know, and he's got a shit ton of them. But I'm thinking right. Taven, I mean, he's got a big fucking fleet of, you know. Right, where we're talking big, the big ones. Yeah. Like the Game of Thrones dragons, big ones. Yeah. So. 
Uh, but thank you, Rob. Uh, you know, make sure you are checking out uh, their first season there on Stacking Territory. Make sure you're following Untaking the Territory uh, there on the Twitter machine. Um, and, and as always, uh, thank you for the questions of dishonor. And uh, Will, I think we've got one more question of dishonor. Dude, that comes through really good now with your new setup, by the way. So, Tom, are you ready to tell us, uh, do you have a scum tattoo, or is it a house of torture tattoo? Well, the scum tattoo is on my ass. Um, but the so Brendan's question for this week was our favorite wrestling faction all time. Besides scum. And house torture. That, that's your own words. Um, but in, uh, real quick, so Brunden's answer is, all right, I decided to break down my factions to a few different feds. Uh, first is uh, WWE Straight Edge Society. I was a huge mark for Punk and absolutely loved him as a cult leader. Uh, Gallows is badass too. Uh, Teen A, Triple X, uh, Daniel, uh, Loki, and Skipper. Uh, wow, Jesus, that does sound fucking fun. We're fucking great together. Eli Skipper super underrated, by the way. Uh, this could have been so much more if they worked in Japan at different times all the time. Uh, Ring of Honor, Generation Next. In one night, they got over huge and felt like they'd been together for years. A launch for Career Sky High. Uh, ECW, the triple threat. Specifically, Bigelow, Douglas, and Candido. Three of the best at the time. So... Um, I'm going to do my favorite faction of all time, and then I'll do, I'm going to try and think of one for my, probably what's, I know what your favorite Ring of Honor faction of all time is, Will, I'm assuming. All time. We didn't have to necessarily be a Ring of Honor faction. No, but, um, but all time, my favorite faction, uh, like I said, I have this tattooed on my, my calf of my leg, uh, and I, which is ironic, uh, because I know where this question is spurned from. Um, because Tony of the Shining Wizards doesn't think anyone should ever copy this faction ever again. But uh, yeah, mine was the Four Horsemen. And the funny you have, thing, you have a Four Horsemen tattoo? I do, actually. Huh. Yes, I'm like, I'm my calf. So yeah, I'll actually I'll fade, take a picture. Does, do, you have, do, you, do you have the words Four Horsemen, or is it just like the, the four hand sign? <laughs> Number four, and then I got mine and my three buddies' uh, initials on because, because you know, this is really gonna make Tony mad too. We used to call ourselves the Four Horsemen, you know. Oh, gimmick infringement, eh? Yeah, I mean that's really, really how we rolled. So, um, yeah, I mean they were just, and the funny thing was, like I back when they were really going, I didn't get to watch them much at all. My babysitter had cable, so they had TBS. Uh, but it was all from reading in the magazines. So all you just heard was the four horsemen beating up this guy, the four horsemen beating up that guy, and they were fucking perfect. I mean, besides, you know, the Heart Foundation, uh, the Brain Busters slash Tully and, and Arn were one of my favorite tag teams of all time. And they really didn't have that long of a run. You know, but, you know, and like much to Tony Chagrin, you know, obviously it's, it's been duplicated, you know, throughout history. So... Well, what's your favorite faction of, of all the times? Favorite faction of all time. I mean, 
if we're talking Ring of Honor, it's obviously the foundation. But for all time, I might uh, I might be willing to throw it a little single Bernabeu's De Japon. Oh, really? Still going strong today. Stronger than ever, probably. They are. It, it's still going. Because it's like, I don't feel like like the United Empire is really good, too. Chaos just feels like the one that everybody else goes to if you're not already, like, in, in a faction. Yeah, I can't just, you know, they're not really... They don't seem to have the camaraderie, like the just four guys or five guys. Do they have five guys again? Yeah, they went back to five. Ah, shit. Um, was it you or Mora that joined? That sounds right. Um, yeah, which I is, mean, Suzuki Goon was was a fire faction too, but that yeah. is no more. You know, and New Japan really has the has a stranglehold on on factions and stables in general. Um, I'm assuming, Will, that you saw that uh, speaking of United Empire that um, New Japan's going to have their first cage match in like 15 years. Yeah. It's going to be Bullet Club War Dogs versus uh, United Empire. So, very excited for that. So, let me catch up on my little tag league. Um, I mean, United Empire is my favorite faction going right now. Um, And if it wasn't for Jeff Cobb, um, Team DK would be a very short second. Uh, I love that faction. Team DK has made big steps the last Probably quite like would you say like last year. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, obviously adding, you know, the second best wrestler, you know, in the world. And like I said, now with without I know obviously it's the Ring of Honor podcast from ten years ago. Um, but I'm just gonna pivot real quick. But honestly, with Will Osprey going to AEW, um, Zack Saber Jr. really has the chance to take over that best wrestler in the world. Status. You know, I I can't imagine Tony Khan Cannon. You know, honestly, Will Ospreay probably going to AEW is he probably wants to slow down a little bit. I mean, he's still pretty fucking young, but I mean, he's he spilled up a few fucking bump guards. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's I think it's ZSJ's time. I think he's the one that takes the belt off Naito. I mean, who knows? He just dropped his belt to. Tanahashi. That was the only thing that, the only blemish on, on Russell Kingdom for me as well. Um, the only blemish. I thought so, yeah. I mean, House Torture came in and fucked things up and it ended up pretty cool. So. I'm trying to think Ring of Honor stables. I obviously got the foundation. What, 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 what was that druggy? faction called special k i wanted to say special k but i didn't remember if special k was just one of the people in the group yeah no the whole the whole group was uh go to kyle um you know we were able to guest on his show because i've been catching up on his and special k still in in 2003 is very very prevalent in ring of honor um i mean because wwf doesn't really do 
stables when I was watching. You know, it was Generation X. Like that's the thing. Like their factions is pretty is like it's Triple H, right? So it's Degeneration X, it's Evolution. And the only other one before that, when I was really watching, was the Heenan family, which is fucking awesome. I mean, everybody went through the fucking Heenan family. I mean, the, the Dudleys could you could say were faction in ECW, right? Because there was like six of them, seven of them. Sign guy Dudley, Big Dick Dudley. Um, obviously, Bubba Devon, Spike. There's at least one more. Um, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think. The Heat of Fan, I mean, yeah, I mean, growing up as a kid, you know, and, and the Four Horsemen were running wild. The Dangerous Alliance in WCW, uh, with Paulie Dangerously, I think Rick Rude was in that. Uh, but Stone Cold, um, or actually, it wasn't Stone Cold, he was still stunning Steve Austin. Um, gosh, yeah, so WWE, and then Ring of Honor, um, I mean, obviously, the Bullet Club was a lot of fun, uh, you know, in, in Ring of Honor. Um, the Foundation. I mean, you had the Righteous. Uh, I have my space. Obviously, we'll see how uh, the, the decade turns out here. So, um, well, I just can't think of any Ring of Honor factions all of a sudden. I feel like a lot of them kind of came in towards that end where you had, you had violence is forever and you had the foundation, you had the righteous, you had. The foundation, foundation's the only one that mattered. But I mean, speaking of Bullet Club, we're going to, oh, it gets mentioned on commentary in this episode. AJ Styles from the Ring of Honor TV. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're about a year into the original formation of the Bullet Club at this point, too. So, yeah. Uh, but, Brandon, as always, uh, thank you for the question and obviously the answer. Uh, Will, is there any other stables you want to shout out here before we jump into TV? The LWO. Is there any chance under speaking of LIJ, is there any chance under he's gonna show up in Japan for a little while? That'd be cool. I don't see it happen. I don't either. I see Andrade going back to the E. Getting the WWE paycheck, being with his wife, right? They're married. I'm pretty sure they're married, yeah. Yeah, we we shall see, so um I also love how Tony Khan got Jinder Mahal over this week, but uh, we won't get into any Twitter bullshit. Uh, but real quick here, before we get into uh, Ring of Honor TV episode 121, uh, I'll just take a time to plug all of our networks here. So real quick, obviously, Will said earlier, shout out to Visionaries Global Media. Um, Chad Deagle doing your weekly uh, view from the top of the goalpost. Uh, Matt Graham and Nishkai. Ryan, Ryan, I hope you're feeling better. I know you had um, some surgery, some ocular surgery this week. Uh, so hope things are all um, better. And that's just rocking a huge fucking beard. My compliments to this guy's beard, by the way. Uh, but obviously, Zach, uh, JCB, and Bill over at Band from Ringside. 
I'm hoping we get some new Brainbuster Boys action going on here. Uh, big week on the on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I said I had my results uh, for we Love Wrestling Volume Two. Um, but yeah, make sure you enjoy all, the, and also make sure you enjoy all these great shows here on the Shining Wizards. And Will and I will see you on the other side of the break. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. 
So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, like I said, make sure you join all the great shows there on the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, but Will, we've got Ring of Honor TV episode 121, original air date January 11th, 2014, emanating from the Nashville Fairground, I think. That sounds about right. That sounds like a building with some history, so. Um, and real quick, before we get into the episode, you know, you and I kind of discussed over text message. Um, so you really think that the new look, quote unquote, was because of the, the venue? Because Ring of Honor does go through rather drastic, like, production coming up soon. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we had a couple moments during the last year where it's like, wow, this looks way better. It was just they're in, like, that one room, and then it goes back to being like, oh. Yeah. But this one just seemed like it was lit different in general. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, the lighting was great. You could actually see everybody. Yeah, a little, little bit of microphone issues. But, yeah, because the only reason I know this is because, once again, when Jay passed away, which we're actually coming up on the one-year anniversary, um, you know, I think with Tim and Cole, I think it's final Battlefield in 15. But then they are doing all the fancy, like, camera booms and everything. So it was, like, a really weird – so we'll see what happens. But – um, but yeah, a quick recap of final battle. Uh, the main event, you know, where Matt Hardy helped Matt Adamcole win, and then uh, we get Chris Hero's return, and then uh, we cut the Kevin Kelly, Carino, and Prince Nana because we got some top prospect tournaments. Uh, they talk, you know, how Hero's gunner for Cole, uh, Jay Briscoe's gunner for Cole, but also, like Will had said, returning to Ring of Honor since I don't know how long he's been gone. Um, in three weeks, AJ fucking Styles. So they're coming off fucking shooting here for 2014. I mean, Steve Carino says he thinks that Adam, uh, that uh, uh, AJ Styles, he's uh, he's pretty good. Not bad. You you couldn't say uh, retrospectively he could be phenomenal. Could be the phenomenal one, so. Um, that'll be interesting. So we'll kind of see where uh, where AJ fits in. I don't think they announced a match for him yet. Um, but uh, will listen. No, but that they said that he wants to come in and have some momentum, so he's going to come in and win some matches. Yeah, and uh, we've been mentioning this for a couple of weeks, but uh, the first match of the top prospect tournament. And real quick, um, I'm going to pull up here. I actually stopped it. So it's an eight-man tournament uh, this year. And so uh, the first match here, we get Congo uh, versus Raymond Rowe. Uh, but Bill Daly versus Corey Hollis. Uh, then Andrew Everett, who's actually really fucking good, versus Romantic Touch. And then Hanson versus Cheeseburger. Um, that last match, um, wow. Can you say uh, difference of styles? But um, 
Styles make matches, Tom. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to ask you for any predictions because we already know what's, uh, what's going to happen here, but we're going to enjoy it. Um, I, I, I'll tell you the winner's a man. Shit, really, Willie? Got a fucking snubs, Kevin. Uh, but first, um, Ring of Honor, Revelry, soon to be favorite son, uh, Raymond Rowe taking on Congo, who is from, so they just say he's from South America. I'm like, really? You can't at least give this guy a fucking country? Like, just South America. It's a big fucking continent. It's got millions of people with several countries, and it's beautiful. He, he looks like he eats enough for a million people. He does look like I was not – I'm not a fan of Congo, nothing personal. Um, yeah, we, we've seen Congo before. He, he wasn't impressive then. He's not impressive now. No, I mean, but, I mean, he is fighting Raymond Rowe. Um, You know, and I was some more big fans, like I said. You know, and Steve Carino is very huge on Raymond Rowe. He says he's fighting like a man with nothing to lose. Uh, Steve Carino pops uh, Kevin Kelly saying he won this tournament back in 1995. And Kevin Kelly's like, uh, Ring of Honor started. And he's like, oh, never mind. Um, you know, they remind us that, you know, Matt Taven won this last year. And then he turned out to be the longest TV champion ever. So making stars right in front of our eyes. But uh, Congo got some moves in. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know what you call it. But Raymond Rohit said full Nelson into the. That, that, there, that's the thing. There's, there's what the move is supposed to be, and there's what Congo actually can like get his fat ass up off the the ground for. So it's supposed to be like a full Nelson slam, but you kind of like throw them into like a knee. But you can't quite get Congo up that much. So it looks like he kind of just like goes from a full Nelson, kind of like jumps with him a little bit, and like kind of hits him with a knee. Yeah, but uh, Raymond Rolls going on. But, I mean, I personally thought Congo was a good opponent for Roll for his first match because uh, Roll got to show off some of his awesome, awesome offense because he's a big dude, you know. Um, but, yeah, he pretty Congo's much – the best we could find. We couldn't, we couldn't pull in somebody else. I mean, they're trying to go international. He's from South America. Oh, God, that pissed me off. We, we couldn't have used uh, Mike Posey. Couldn't use ACH. Well, at least, I mean, I don't know. Once you're in the tournament, I don't know if you can go back in. You can only be a top prospect in the tournament once, I'm assuming. I don't know. Was Mike Bosley already? No, but ACH was. Oh, ACH was. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Mike Bosley, and I won't give a shit about Mike. Well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that. I Former think, WWE referee Mike Bosley. Uh, uh, but after the match... Um, El Michael Ali comes out. Congo doesn't leave the ring, and then we get the shittiest power bomb. Like there's the 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 the, the doggy diarrhea. Because Congo sucks. Where Elgin like has his arm, like he's got the arms like crisscrossed. And he like picks him, and he just kind of like drops him. Because this dude cannot do anything to like actually like help. Yeah. So it, he's kind of gets dropped, and Elgin is on the mic, Phantom saying words. such wonderful lines like, "What Michael Elgin wants, he takes." And it's like you know, 
I don't like that. <laughs> Consent is sexy. Yeah. Um, I could see Michael Elgin being like an 80s bad guy for like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says lots of words. Um, you know, your mind's out of cold. Elgin's coming from him. Uh, Elgin had the best record in the ring. Uh, he doesn't give a shit that Jay, Chris Hero's back. He doesn't give a shit about Jay. Uh, he doesn't give a shit. AJ's coming back. It's just three people in Elgin's way. Uh, but he, he kind of he really stepped on him. But the crowd did react big when he said Chris Hero. Yeah. And then he just kind of like squash it. It's like I don't know if that was a really good move on his part or if that was like a you you, you squash like you you should have let them like get riled up about it, but. Yeah, it's uh, you know, but and then he just says this can be three people in Elgin's way, uh, but will it looks like we're getting Michael Elgin and Chris Hero teaming up in Pittsburgh against Matt Hardy and Adam Cole. I think that's our next event. I think I'll double check. Uh, then Kevin Steen comes out. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, shit, it's only been nine fucking months. And he hasn't gotten his fucking rematch yet. Um, what is Ring of Honor de- doing? Um, but he welcomes Hero back. You know, he says he's been gone for two years, but he looks good. Um, I did not actually catch this the first time I watched it. Uh, but then he says, you know, all you're going to say is, oh no, Kevin Steen kicked my, or he said, no, Steen kicked my mitt or kicked my ass. He's like, oh no. And then he dropped it and walked off. Did you catch the oh no part? I didn't. And Chris Hero came out too, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So he was talking to, he was talking to Chris Hero. Yeah. We didn't say Chris Hero came out. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Chris Hero came out, said some words. Um, and uh, whatnot, but right, he is the old ring of honor. Are you happy to see me? And they were, uh, Chris Hero down to 240 pounds, by the way. Uh, but it's gonna be Kevin Steen, uh, versus Chris Hero, formerly known as Cassius Oh No. Um, yeah, so I just thought that I didn't catch that at first. Steve's like, going to Chris Hero, he's like, Oh, yeah, all you're gonna say at the end of the match is, Oh, Kevin Steen kicked or Kevin Steen kicked my ass. Oh, no. I don't know. I thought that was great. Kevin Steen is great. He is good. So, so I'm assuming Cassius Ono didn't have a great run initially in NXT. Neither times, no. He did the well, he did all right the second time around. He had some decent matches, but it was all right. Even though he got demol- didn't get demolished by. I'm already opening an NXT takeover, but next. Will, who the fuck is the benchmark Billy Daly? Did you get a chance to do any research on this fucking jag off? <laughs> sure didn't. Couldn't care. I, I'm not as invested in this top prospect tournament since I already know the ending. And it's kind of telegraphed when you see the, the, the list of people who are there. <laughs> yeah, there's... I mean, there's four really good wrestlers, and then there's well, I mean, there's three really good wrestlers, and a good wrestlers, and a shitty gimmick. Um, because I mean, as good as Cheeseburger will be, we're we're still at Cheeseburger who dresses like a cheeseburger. Yeah, we're not. Uh, he's got Jushin Liger's palm strike. Cheeseburger. So this this the schmuck comes out 
and says, you know, I've got a what is he, like a high ankle sprain or something like that. It says that it's under, he's been advised to uh, to forfeit from the the tournament because it's already a foregone conclusion that he's the top prospect and he should just be given the TV title shot. Yeah, Bill Daly didn't get his last match was July 2016. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, I guess he's in a dark match. Oh, yeah, so I guess they were the dark match at uh, Final Battle. It was Brutal Burgers uh, defeated Team Benchmark, Billy Daly, and Will Ferrara. Oh, little Will. And then, um... And Brutal Burgers. We haven't officially seen that team debut yet. Yeah, he's only got 31 matches on Cage Match. So, I don't give a shit about the benchmark. So, he was supposed to wrestle... The one that's like the one, the right, the one that's not Mike Posey from Alabama Attitude. Yeah. And Mike Posey says, "Well, we all know that I know you. You don't want to get the win like this." But then, commentary points out, "It's like, is this for the spot of the tournament? Is this just an exhibition match? Is this just? We really didn't need this match. We could have given a couple other things a little more time to breathe, because we said." It, it felt like a little too much to try to squeeze into an hour. Yeah, they did shoot Warren. That's what I'm kind of like with this tournament. Um, hopefully, they're not going to keep shoehorning it. Um, but I mean, I thought, I mean, for what they did, I mean, these guys can really go. I mean, they put on a decent match for the five minutes they were on, you know, and then obviously in the end, Hollis hits that, that back, you know, Chris Jericho elbow and knocks out Posey. So he's officially in the second round, I guess. Yeah. Um, he was on to face Ray Rowe. Yeah, it was just, a, just an awkward promo for Mike Posey. And just kind of, you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, but next, we get a quick recap of uh, CNC Factory, uh, Wrestling Factory uh, splitting up. Uh, but, Will, we're getting a solo match of Caprice Bowman versus Jay Lethal. And uh, this is kind of a surprise. I was like, interesting. All right. I would say, well, it's not a surprise that it was good. No. Uh, it was very good. Yeah, these two have a lot of chemistry. Obviously, this would have been nice, you know, if they had given this match another five minutes. You know, if they had done three matches this week instead of four. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Jay did a great job of putting over Caprice. You know, we're going to see a good run out of Caprice, hopefully, here going forward. Uh, and then, you know, Jay Lethal thanks him and says, I underestimated you. Uh, he did a great job, and I'll get the fuck out of my ring. And uh, basically, he's coming for Champa. You know, last time him and Champa wrestled, he uh, injured him, and he's been on for forever. And Jay Lethal will be on commentary because Will. Speaking of questions of this non-war, Alice Young versus Tomasa Champa for the new title next week. But Carino says he's not a third chair, so uh, Jay Lethal can't come sit down. We'll figure. I'm sure I'll make some Jay Lethal mouth crap. So. Uh, we'll definitely see what happens there. Um, but any real thoughts on the match? Obviously, you know, uh, Jay wins with the, you know, the, the lethal injection at the end. But, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, not surprising. It was really good, but. No, I, I like the illusions. Like they talked about, like, you know, 
Caprice is used to being a tag wrestler at this point. Jay is accustomed to wrestling as a singles. The the allusion to Eddie Edwards, because Steve Green's like, you can say it. And Kevin Kelly is like, no, I can't say it. That that was that was the thing for the other guy. Uh, I didn't even catch that part, so that's funny. The scoring and soaring and scoring. Because Kevin Kelly retired the soaring and scoring because Eddie Edwards ain't there. Because he did it for lethal too, but uh, but then real quick, um, like I mentioned earlier, Jay's uh, passing anniversary is coming up. But a uh, couple quick promo uh, on Adam Cole. You know, Adam Cole and shit, and he never beat Jay. But I guess next week will too. We're getting uh, Cole and Jay for the real world title on TV. So they're they're packing a, a lot into this uh, this national thing. But then our main event. Um, we get Kevin Steen versus Chris Hero. Um, starts off with, with some actual sportsmanship. So these two actually do some tit for tat wrestling here. You know, Chris Hero's really good. So hopefully they're both it. really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously Steve Carino thinks that Steen should be suspended for pile driving Maria. Um, you know, and well, like I said, my notes here, these two are literally showing why they're two uh two of the best in the world at the time. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, Will, uh, but at one point in the match, there's this big bail, uh, Bill's Bondsman sign, like advertising. Uh, one of the sponsors there at the, the Nashville County Fairgrounds. <laughs> and the slogan on there is, uh, you ring, we spring. I thought that was pretty funny because I just watched the movie Jackie Brown recently, too, so I thought it was funny. So, uh, but fun match. Uh, but yeah, the decade shows up once again. And uh, they distract, you know, Chris Hero because they're they're pissed off. They've been Ring of Honor for, for since the beginning, and they're not getting these opportunities. And these new guys just come in and take all the spots. Uh, but then Steen hits that super fucking sweet sleeper, sleeper suplex, and uh, Chris Hero takes the pin in his first match back. Uh, he uh, Steen kicked out of the elbow. Yeah. Steen don't fuck around, so. Um, yeah, so we'll see if uh, Kevin Steen gets that that rematch, and then uh, Steen don't fuck around. And you know what? Uh, you know what else is a uh, Cliff don't surf. He did. Um, yeah, so it's Kevin Steen's going with the back, feeling like he's unscathed, untouched by the decade, but with Compton's back. That was a fun spot too. I went back and rewatched that, kind of watch him fly through the crowd. But yeah, Cliff Compton, you know, chokes him out with the chain. You know, and the crowd loses it, and then uh, we go Metallica, fade to black. So uh, I guess Cliff Compton's back in Ring of Honor, maybe. Cliff Compton's back, and he's got beef with Kevin Steen. I mean, he, he, he you know, he ain't no scum punk. He ain't gonna let this. He ain't gonna let this abide. So that should be fun. Like, so those guys, and just like that, all of scum is back in Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. Except for Jimmy Rave. Yeah. 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 Fuck, you're right. Especially the top prospect tournament. So, yeah. Obviously, you know who the, you know who the romantic clutch is on. Too. Yes. Yes. I, I know that now. At the time, I didn't. But yeah. I never saw Brett Titus. I had seen him initially as the romantic touch. Oh, so you saw the romantic touch first and then Red Titus? Yes. Well, yeah, right in the earlier covering from uh 
that um, All Night Express breakup. So um, I guess we'll see you when uh, Kenny King comes back. But um, all in all, Will, I know we kind of discussed this in uh, in pre or uh, in text messaging. And listen, I kind of said, "Oh, it's a great start," and then it kind of went downhill. And then definitely kind of some peaks and valleys in the show. Um, but real quick, for you to pull the train to the station, is this your first episode of Bringing Modern Television? Will would you keep watching? And are you intrigued for 2014? I think it was a good start for the year. They just tried to strewhorn a little too much in there. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous. I don't like how they're kind of doing these tied. I was hoping they, they let this turn because we were so high on this tournament, letting it breathe. But well, that's the thing with Ring of Honor, right? Is they they don't want to clip a show together. So it's gonna be like, oh, we're doing a taping here. So like we're just gonna have to shoehorn all these matches in. Yeah, I wonder. So, you know, I mean, what would the other option you get like one match per week, and then it's like so that's you have the four opening matches, and then you have all the semis. So like, you come out like two weeks worth of TV if you're doing like one match a week. Yeah, I mean, it'd be you know, it'd be seven matches spread out over seven weeks, but you know, um, Andrew Everett's really good, so that'd be that'd be good to see him. Versus the romantic touch, but yeah, this Bill Daly guy, I mean, who gives a fuck about this guy? But I don't all in all, I think things are trending in our in the right direction. It, it, like I said, it looked good. They they tried to get a lot of stories moving. It just it's is it a little convoluted? Did we need both the, the two closing matches to have kind of like people running out and like running interference and like stirring shit up? It's like yeah. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I it was mean, better than I thought. Because when you when you texted me that it's starting out good, because at the time I had only watched the the first match, so I'm like, oh no, like we're I'm gonna get like road raged, and it's gonna be like, all right, here's the rest of the card from Final Battle. <laughs> no, I think uh, like you said last week, I said with uh, them showing the main event of Final Battle, I think we're good. And then Elgin came out and the, the shitty powerbomb and the promo, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. But then it definitely, it, it picked, I mean, the that second match with the, the whatever his name is and uh, Corey Halls or whatever, it's like that. I could have done without that. Now, that was not a good use of your hour time slot. Yeah. Corey Halls versus Raymond Rose is going to be fun, though. So. Yes. But I think the tag team divisions can be spicing up here soon. So, um, yeah, that's the two. T- I mean, two. Their two biggest titles next week. So I don't know what they're gonna do. So um, it's gonna be interesting. So, but will I know you've had a long week? I've had a long week. Um, probably pull a train to station here. But before we do, will uh, is there anything else you'd like to put over uh, for the kids out there? All the high fibers. Just the usual stuff. Our wives, anybody who is listening, Visionary Global Media, Shining Wizards Network, and Tom. Thank you, Will. So it's nice that now they can, they can see you in person. Rocking. That's right. Two weeks in, two weeks in a row, the cameras held up. Rocking, uh, rocking that neck, uh, that neckbreaker sweatshirt. So it's pretty fucking sweet. Always. Yeah, I got my. Uh, I'm rocking my. Uh, I work from home here, so. 
Yeah, I'm not getting my hair cut till March. I'm just gonna let this fucker grow. Go for it. Why not? Yeah, so I don't really deal with the public till March. So even when I deal with the public at that point, I can just wear a fucking hat. So I might even go longer. So let's see what the wife says. So no. But on that note, Will, thank you as always. But uh you are the Oakland nominated uh host of this podcast, but uh appreciate all the info. Um Watch good movies, read good comic books, watch good wrestling, and um, I know we had a tagline that we used to do for the end of the show, and I forgot what the fuck it was. So, um, yeah, just uh, press. You see know, you next week. Yeah, download, share, subscribe, all that happy horse shit, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. I'm gonna quit rambling, and uh, thanks again. We'll talk to you later next week, buddy. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.